Welcome to the Jannie and Angie Show with January Donovan and Angela Schneiders. We have a dream to rebuild our church and restore the tender love of Christ to every human heart. We believe in women's irreplaceable role in rebuilding our church, our culture, and our domestic church. As St. Catherine of Siena reminds us, be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. It is time to rise and reclaim souls for Christ. We must deepen our formation as women and prepare ourselves to lead the new evangelization. Our vision in the Women's School is to build our church one woman's formation at a time, and only then will we set the world on fire for Christ. Welcome to Rebuilding Our Church. Today, we are so grateful, excited to pick up from a thousand years ago. (laughs) Angela and I are here um, with a very special guest that I think is, is we're going to drink from and learn from. And really, our Lord sort of um, brought her into our life to, I think, learn um, somehow where our Lord is leading the church. We're excited to present. Angela, take it away. Yes. Welcome, ladies. Um, I am so thrilled to welcome Mrs. Jeannie O'Connell to our show this morning. Uh, I met Jeannie literally within days of moving to Northwestern Montana, and it was a friendship made in heaven. Um, Jeannie has been one of my dearest friends and mentors upon moving to Northwestern Montana, and she is a woman that I aspire to be like. Um, Every time that I meet her, it's like meeting someone new because she is such a student of our Lord and just such a student. She's always learning, always growing, always asking brilliant questions. And it's just drinking from a rich, rich well every time that I encounter her. Jeannie, not only, she's, she's a Renaissance woman. Um, not only is she a mother of five incredible children, she um, is the pastoral assistant at our local parish, St. Matthew's Parish. She's director of women's formation. Um, she is a devout student of Theology of the Body and the Theology of the Body Institute. She's a dream man- certified dream manager with, with Matthew Kelly. And I think um, most recently, Jeannie would describe herself as a devoted student of St. Hildegard. And I am so eager for Jeannie to just share her story with us today, her story of, um, of, of battling and beating cancer and how that has led her to one of the most extraordinary doctors of the church. And so as we're meeting today on the Feast of St. Joseph, I think his hand is on us, uh, as well as the spirit of St. Hildegard. So Jeannie, welcome, and we're just so thrilled to have you with us. Well, thank you, Angela, and January. It's just my my pleasure and delight to be with you this morning. And thank you for that beautiful introduction, Angela. Um, Yes, we have hearts that are connected in words that are indescribable. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful for you in my life. I really am. And so I would really like to start today, if you don't mind, Mm -hmm. with a prayer from St. Hildegard. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of her prayer to the triune God is very beautiful, and I think it'll get us on the right path. So let's start in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fire of the Spirit, life of the lives of creatures, spiral of sanctity, bond of all natures, glow of charity, light of clarity, taste of sweetness to sinners, 
Be with us and hear us. Composer of all things, light of all the risen, key of salvation, released from the dark prison, hope of all union, scope of chastity, joy in the glory, strong honor, be with us and hear us. Amen. St. Hildegard of Binion, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, like I said, I'm just so, just exceptionally honored and so humbled and grateful, all in one package, to be here with you today, because it's exciting for me to be able to share who this magnificent um, person of magnanimity is to you all. So I'm going to give it back to you and you can get us, the Holy Spirit will get us off in a great direction. So I'll give it back to you and we'll go from there. Absolutely. Um, Jenny, go ahead. So, you know, I just a little bit of background for all of you that are listening. Um, and also Miss Jenny here is that the woman's school was really born out of a wound, both mine and so many women a uh, wound that I believe is from a lack of formation and not because I think that um, I think that the world shifted and there was a lack of preparation in how we were supposed to show Christ's light in the world. And I think we're suffering um, in ways that I don't necessarily feel as though um, it is the way our Lord wants us to suffer, you know, and, and every suffering obviously is, is, right. is an opportunity for redemption, but, you know, to suffer this agony of mental torture that is almost a prison that really inhibits our call. And so, you know, I think our Lord has um, somehow used my own wound, my own pain to say that if we gave women the freedom, if we gave, um, if we gave them the formation, we'd give them the freedom for intimacy, but also to receive the call that God has for us. And so I went on this journey 20 plus years ago and I, find that it has been both my cross and my resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just sharing earlier that, you know, I felt as though I said no to God so many times and it was easier to say no than to, I was easier to say yes and say no, because I felt as though saying no to him caused a lot of pain. And you just shared that beautiful story, which I'll share later, later on. And so, um, you know, really here we f- feel that, this woman's school is somehow a ministry for formation in order to rebuild our church, beginning with our domestic church. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, maybe outline y- your story and your experience of St. Hildegard and what her mission was, because so many things that we talk about in the woman's school are quite basic. But what I've found, Jeannie, is that we don't, we no longer have the basic. That we, that we were going in a world of a rat race where we've almost forgotten so many of those pure, gentle truths that, or once upon a time, common sense. But, you know, the, the world is just busy and it's fast. And so I want to go back to maybe journeying and understanding the human person. And you can help us understand that, maybe even through the eyes of St. Hildegard, so that we can um, understand the heart of, of, of woman and God's intention. That's a beautiful place to start January. And right off the bat, what I'm going to say is when you said to teach us who the heart of, or teach us the heart of woman and who she really is, 
uh, Angela and I had a, a, a wonderful conversation yesterday, just briefly, but it was just filled with a lot of beautiful truths about who woman really is. And I was sharing with her that one of the most beautiful insights that Pope John Paul II keeps reiterating in his theology of the body is that woman is God's masterpiece. And that's very, really beautiful. Woman is God's masterpiece for so many different ways than man. And simply because, you know, of course she needs the seed of the man, but she is the one who fully participates in this creative process. That's who he is. He creates. He, so we get to fully participate in this creative life-giving force that, um, that he has given to us. So first of all, I think that's the, the very first thought that we have to really adopt is that we are his masterpiece. And he has given us a feminine genius that is indescribable. And it's, it's the, like the depths of the ocean, the, the heart of woman is just, it's mysteriously beautiful. And there's no coincidence that he, he talks about wisdom in the feminine sense. He calls wisdom her. And that is because, um, you know, we are the channel that brings wisdom to the world in a different way than man does. So, you know, it's really going to be fun to see where the Holy Spirit takes us because this was, I did not intend to start like this. And it's just mm -hmm. great when you give it to him to see where he takes it. So, um, so anyway, what I would like to first say about through the, through the eyes and the lenses of St. Hildegard is there's so much to say about this magnanimous woman. There really is. So today I'm just going to give you a little bit of background about her, kind of go into my story and then go back into her life as well. So first of all, just a little bit of background and please feel free to jump in at any time, ask me a question and I may pause as well just to say, you know, are you with me? Do you have any questions, insights, feedback, whatever. So first, um, the, the, the part that I would really like to focus on with all of these beautiful women is what she calls this marriage between the physical and the spiritual, mm -hmm. because they're interrelated. They're inter they're so interrelated. And so they can't, they just go together. And she was a 12th century Benedictine nun who resided in the beautiful Greenland of, of the German Rhineland her whole life. She was canonized a saint on May the 10th, so just right around the corner, 2012. And five months later, declared the fourth woman doctor of the church by Pope Benedict the 16th. And he... The, you know, he was so highly influenced and inspired by her life, as, the, as most of the Germans were, um, that he just felt like she, she was definitely the next doctor, and he made her a doctor very quickly after her canonization. Now, um, 
And, and one of the reasons, well, actually, there are four reasons why he made her a doctor of the church, because there's four really um, necessary criteria to become a doctor of the church. So she not only transformed the church and has had a remarkable influence throughout the world as well, um, but during times, you know, when women were not visible leaders, they really had no voices, um, it, was, it was in a time of terrible corruption and heresy in the church, she exemplified you know, a heroic virtue, um, heroic sanctity, an obedience to God, and an obedience to the church. And she also had some timeless teachings that were not only um, impacting the culture of her time, you know, back a thousand years ago, but they're actually more relevant today. So those are the four criteria to become a doctor of the church. Heroic virtue, sanctity, obedience to God and to the church. And I want to talk about that for just a second. So she saw all this corruption. She saw the heresies, um, but she never wavered from the church. She was obedient to the church. She was trying to work with the sinner and um, stay with the truth. And then, of course, her timeless teachings that are so relevant today. And I'll get into that in uh, just a second. So, so Hildegard's life was really, really a whole story. I mean, her whole mission was, her whole life was about this reintegration um, and living a, a, quote, holistic life, which actually that word holistic She's the foundress of that word, okay? So, yeah, she is the foundress of, yes. So this holistic lifestyle really, really, really um, started with her. Now, that word holistic has two meanings. First, the word whole, W-H-O-L-E, and the word holy, H-O-L-Y. So this holistic, this reintegration um, through Christ became her passion. And he revealed to her that he was born into this world, you know, into humanity as one of us, not only to save us, but to reintegrate us, you know, to heal us, to show us how to live a healthy life. To make us whole, um, to give us hopes, dreams, and order to our lives as it was in the beginning, okay? So we have that little phrase, as it was in the beginning. We say it five times in the rosary. We say it every day, you know, all glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. That is the, that, that's the theme of, of, of Hildegard. She's trying to get us back to the garden as it was in the beginning to really show us the story of what we were really made and meant to be. Um, like you said, January in the beginning, 
of this, um, you know, this time together. We live in a very aggressive, disintegrated world that wounds and um, and and tears us apart. Apart, and this whole idea of holistic living is an integration, totally whole, reintegrated, the way that we were made to be. So this is really where my story starts. This is where I'd like to start my story. But but before we do that, are, you know, are, are there any thoughts, feedback, questions? I think um, we're mostly speechless. Again, I've also been studying Hildegard, not to the same degree as Eugenie, but but my husband Bill and I have been been starting to dive into her, and that's, you know, I, I think awe and wonder come to mind that the Holy Spirit would give us such a woman a thousand years ago who could speak the truth into today and that her message is more relevant today than it was then. And, and the fact Absolutely. that the church again, and this is what, even what we've been fighting is thinking that word whole holistic, a holistic lifestyle is new age. No, 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 no. That was invented by the Holy spirit in and through Hildegard a thousand years ago. And that is again, what just moves my heart so deeply and gives me such confidence in the church that I love is that she has already discovered and revealed these truths thousands of years before our time today, where, where the secular world yes. discovered some of these things. They're only a rediscovery of what the church has been teaching and made available to us for millennia. Yes, absolutely. This is a, you know, her teaching is so relevant today, and I believe that she's speaking so loud and clearly as a, you know, this is a, um, it's her, it's us trying to reclaim what was given to us in the beginning, what the church had, was trying to teach in the very beginning. Um, it's a reclamation of really who we are. So get it, you know, so, you know, unless there's any comments or, or more feedback, I will, I'll get to my story and how it pertains to this unfolding, this unveiling of, of Hildegard and where we are today. Wow. I you definitely, I, 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 um, I do. I just, because first of all, um, Jeannie, I feel like, I feel like God just put a bomb in my heart through you. <laughs> I can't explain it because I feel like um, I feel like I've been carrying the burden that I don't understand, and I think you just made me understand for the first time. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional, which I typically don't. And but um, for the longest time, I I mean, it's been twenty years, Jeannie. God gave me this image of a garden that a woman mm, is supposed beautiful. to plant and cultivate. And I see the woman whose her role is to just plant apples and trees and flowers. And I see people walking past the garden and all she does is nurture and says, here's an apple. Would you like a tree to lean on? Would you like a fresh flower? Would you like water? And so this image of a garden as a well to nurture has been in my heart. However, I was always just taught that Christ came 
for eternity to, to open the gates of heaven. But the idea that Christ came to teach us how to live was, is what we teach in the woman's school, but it is also what I find the hardest thing to teach in context of the Catholic faith because I, I, don't, I think we've forgotten the 33 years that Christ was in this world prior to suffering. I say that all the time and I sound crazy, but God had a dream. God laughed. God ate. And I keep thinking that I think we over-focus on the cross that we forget Christ's life. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I find that women are being robbed of life. And life now, the domestic church is suffering because women are robbed of life, joy, peace, freedom. I mean, celebration. But absolutely, I, I <laughs> no, I, I'm just, I'm in awe, like Angela. And so, yes, um, you know, you can just speak through that because I think there's a lot there that I can ponder. Well, I am just so, um, I'm, I'm kind of speechless right now, too, because I'm so, my heart is just, is just struck by the beauty of your words. And, um, and January, you know, one of I have learned this one. One of the other things that that um, Angela knows, and um, I, I'm very excited about. It's it's a it's a dream. It's a passion of mine. I'm just finishing up a certification in holistic nutrition and just a, a holistic way of life, and it just corroborates everything that I've learned about Hildegard. And one of the things that that um, that they talk about, as does Hildegard, is you know never feel bad about the about tears. Tears are healing. Actually, tears are a detox. Yeah. We need to get the tears. It's a detox. It's a form of detox. So, I mean, it's not kind of, <laughs> but it but it really is. It that needed to come out. God wanted that to come out January. Um, and not, and it may not even be so much for something to be healed in you, but maybe for something else. He yeah. wanted to bring that out in you. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. No, I think it's just, I felt it so Christ just, you know, you're always trying to do what our Lord is asking of you. And at times you yeah. just step into the unknown because you trust in, in where he's leading you. But I think today it was, I think there's sort of tears of gratitude to say, okay, Lord, you know, um, thank you for just, even in my blind faith that you've always been there. So I think that, I think I needed to cry those tears because honestly, I think there were tears of rejection from so many Catholics that um, sort of, and no, Angela knows just some of the accusations that I don't understand, which, you know, trying to bring forth a mission that I don't fully understand. But God, like I said, it's easier to say yes to God than to say no. And so I have, 
it's caused me a lot of suffering internally because my faith is so important to me. And when you're rejected by the very people, I think that you're trying to minister, I think. But who am I to say I'd be free from that when our Lord suffered the same pain, you know? So I think that there are tears of gratitude, Jean. Like, you know, I, um, my Lord has probably just given me a confirmation that I am exactly where he wants me to be. And I just probably needed that. <laughs> so thank you. You know, I think, Oh, you're so welcome. And, and I think you're right. I think that he, that, that you are probably exactly where he wants you to be. And I, I'm going to tell you that I have been a pastoral assistant in our parish for almost 17 years. And I know what you're talking about. Uh, you know, when you were talking about the, that, that sword to the heart from our fellow Catholics, there are, I've had some of the worst pains from some of my fellow Catholics um, who are stuck in, in heresy still, basically, um, than, than I have from, you know, many other people. I understand that. But the, you know, the Lord is giving you, he's giving you a clarity and he's taking that confusion away from you to give you the clarity. He, your work is so important that that's, that's the battle right now. It's, it feels dark, but I'm going to tell you, I don't know who said it. It's probably a saint. I'm saying every great journey begins in the dark. Mm. Now think about that. Think about that for a second. Yes. <laughs> no good Friday, no Easter Sunday. Yes. He's calling us right now to come out of the tomb and yes. it is hard. Yes. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, no, I am. Um, I think, I think that's beautiful to be reminded of, you know, the cross before the resurrection. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. And the importance of your work right now, it's, it's phenomenal. Women need this. We have lost the art. We have lost the, the genius of who woman is. And again, you know, St. John Paul II in his Theology of the Body reminds us woman is God's masterpiece. There's a magnanimity about woman that has been lost. She's been wounded, you know, injured, just degraded. Mm -hmm. um, but he's trying, he is trying to show us who we are and we will participate. And through Hildegard's teachings, I mean, it's all corroborated. We're going to change the world one woman at a time. Well, we won't. He will. But we're going to put the information out there to help, you know, women. Yeah. So, walk with, with, with women one woman at a time. Yeah. And that's really, I think that's, that's the call is that it is one woman, you know, one woman at a time. And, and as I always say, it is that a beautiful woman can change the world. Yes. We just need to redefine what beautiful means. Right. Absolutely. And you know what? Like Esther says, 
for such a time as this. We were put on this planet this time, not 500 years ago, not 500 years from now. This time, for such a time as this, this is our time to make a difference in the world. And he's using us to do that, as he did Hildegard, you know, a thousand years ago. So, um, so okay. Your story. I Every love great story. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll, we'll start there. Every great journey begins in the dark. And that was my story. Okay. So I was fortunate enough to be blessed with a diagnosis of breast cancer mm-hmm. in 2017, mm-hmm. in early June of 2017. Now, wait a minute. Did she really just say blessed? Indeed, I did. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, one of my friends, uh, an acquaintance who is a, a, a baseball dad, okay, I have five children, they're all amazing athletes, um, you know, my daughter uh, started this whole thing, and then my all my four sons, baseball players and football players and everything, but anyway, one of the, one of my uh, acquaintances, uh, baseball dad, after he found out that I was diagnosed with cancer, came up to me at a baseball game one day and he said, well, Jeannie, I just wanted to welcome you to the cancer club. Um, he said, it's a hard club to be in. However, um, it's the best club that I've ever been in. And I looked at him, you know, with these eyes of, what? How can you even say that? You know, and he said, um, one woman said to me after I was diagnosed with cancer, and he had a bad cancer. I mean, he had a, a stage three kidney cancer or bladder cancer and then a prostate cancer. And he said, this woman said to her, I'm so, I, I said to him, I am so sorry for what cancer has taken away from you. And he said to her, I am so grateful for what it's given me. And he said, you're not in that place right now, but you will be. And I really, I thought he was crazy. I thought, how could anybody ever feel like this was, there was blessing in this. So anyway, yes, I was blessed to be diagnosed with cancer because what that did for me is it set me on a path. It turned my my pain into my passion, my deficiency uh, into my desire for life, my desire to dream. It turned my isolation during recovery time into my inspiration and my struggle into my salvation. And, um, you know, I was at a, a wonderful conference so many years ago when a beautiful priest named Father Simonetti gave an amazing homily. It was actually at a, um, a, a regional coordinator conference for Women of Grace through Jeanette Bankovic. And he gave the most beautiful homily, and it was on um, our salvation is in our struggle, period. That's where it is. Our salvation is in our struggle. And he really opened up this whole beautiful message on women are the North Stars. 
They just are. They're the North Stars of their families. And when we were talking earlier about uh, one woman at a time, it's very important. There's great significance to that because you heal one woman and you have the ripple effect because they're feeding their children. They're feeding their friends. It's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't just stay with us. Um, love replicates. It can't stay by it, you know, encapsulated by itself. It replicates. So anyway, okay. So yes, I, I feel like I was blessed with this because it, it really turned my darkness into a lot of light. And I feel like I was, quote, in the dark with the light, if that makes any sense. When I was first diagnosed, I, I prayed. I, I just immediately prayed, please send people, send resources to me. I don't, I don't know a thing about cancer. I'm scared. Um, I don't know where this is going. I, you know, just all this confusion and this chaos in my mind and the voices of chaos that were entering my head. And almost immediately he did. And it was, you know, beginning with that friend that I was telling you about who not only told me, you know, you're going to see a lot of blessing in this, but I'm going to give you some, some resources. And if you're open to it, it'll set you on a very good path. His oncologist uh, gave him, set him on a path of, his, his Western med oncologist also gave him, set him on a path, a path of like a holistic healing as well, which was just blew my mind because that is pretty unheard of. Uh, but he had sent me off, he set me on the course there. And then all of a sudden, people, resources, just came flooding me with resources. God was just, gave me an abundance. And then all of a sudden, I was introduced to St. Hildegard. She entered my life. And uh, it, it, I mean, just on the internet, it just kind of started. And just through, um, you know, little readings of Magnificat, you know, different readings of her and whatnot. But what I, what I learned about cancer as most chronic illnesses as is, it's a convergence of things. Um, you know, immunity breakdowns, particularly, okay, you know, diet, lifestyle, stress, lack of sleep, exposure to environmental toxins, nutritional deficiencies, unhealed emotional wounds, um, vices, uh, you know, whether it's alcohol, cigarettes, uh, you know, this is one of Hildegard's most amazing pieces of work is she identified, she identified 35 spiritual vices that were connected with chronic illnesses what? and that were, that yes, that were offset by 35 spiritual vices. Okay. So these were revealed to her by God of the triune God in, in her visions. And we'll get into a little bit of, of that later, but uh, she's so, this was such a big part of her, her, her healing, her holistic way of healing that um, 
there's a couple of doctors in Germany who still practice this. I mean, people from all over the world go to these Hildegard centers to be healed from cancers and chronic illnesses and whatnot. And they use these spiritual uh, virtues to heal people. They, they go deeply into the wounded heart and they uncover some of the spiritual vices that need to be offset by the spiritual virtues, you know, anger, bitterness, uh, you know, gluttony, all these different things. Okay, another thing um, with, like, particularly breast cancer that I found out is, uh, you know, wearing underwire bras, really bad, really bad for us because it cuts off our lymphatic system, okay? Mm. Our lymphatic system has to drain. So women, if you're wearing underwire bras, please don't anymore. Mm. Uh, Antiperspirants, another thing. You know, our lymphatic system, we're made to sweat. Sweating is good. It's a detox. So we can wear deodorants, but sweating is good. It's our body telling us, I'm trying to detox something. or Our body is talking to us. Um, another important sign that our bodies, you know, our bodies speak this language that don't lie. Um, dehydration. We really have to be well hydrated. You know, with good water, our, our bodies are made up of, you know, 70, I don't know, 70 to 80% water. Uh, so we have to have good and, and clean and healthy water. Um, so my body at that time was speaking a language of truth. Okay. So that's a big, that is like the, the foundation of theology of the body. It's, uh, our bodies speak a language that our bodies don't lie. Our bodies speak a language that don't lie. Okay. So what was going on with my body was I had a broken out tongue. I had a geographical tongue. It's like a one in a million, you know, person get that. I had a geographical tongue. I didn't know that's what it was. But uh, it was broken out, and it had been broken out for about a year. Uh, I had ridges in my thumbnails, you know, pretty deep ridges in my thumbnails. And I also had unmanageable IBS, okay, irritable bowel system mm-hmm. uh, syndrome. I mean, irritable, irritable bowel syndrome. So my body was speaking a language, and... I knew, you know, I knew it was, but when I would go to get my physical or my checkup, there was no concern from my, my doctor or doctors that, you know, no, I'm not even concerned about that. You know, you might have a little virus going on. Um, you know, you just have to watch what you're eating as far as the IBS goes. And, you know, you no, know, people get ridges in their nails. It's not a real big deal. Well, that's not true. That is not true. My tongue was telling me something was going on in my body that wasn't right. The ridges in my thumbnails were telling me I had a nutritional deficiency that was most likely because of that IBS that I just had a hard time turning around. Um, you know, you, that leaky gut syndrome that you hear about, it's a real and true thing. I was absorbing, I found out later on through a diagnostics, I was only absorbing 25% nutrition 
even though I was eating a you know pretty healthy diet um, and living a pretty healthy um, you know lifestyle, everything my my system was just off, and my body was telling me that. So um, God answered me. He answered my prayers immediately with an abundance of resources, beautiful people who entered my life. And the beautiful thing about these amazing saints is, you know, we think that we stumble into them. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. They seek us out. Saints seek us out because they're trying to teach us something and they're trying to get us closer Mm -hmm. to truth. And I believe that Hildegard sought me. I mean, I know she did. I know she sought me out and she set me on a beautiful course. So I'll stop right there because I've been talking a lot. Thoughts, feedback, questions. <laughs> a lot of questions. <laughs> um, well, first of all, your story is really powerful. And the thing that sticks out to me is that our body speaks the truth. I think there's a lot of ways that maybe you can explain that a little bit. I mean, um, because I feel as though we've lost touch of what our body's telling us as a culture. And, you know, we live in a Western world where medicine is pumped and so many things that are natural is pumped. And it's almost as though we've lost the common practice or common sense practice of, looking at our bodies and I was reminded, you know, I grew up in the Philippines for 11 years. And when you went to the doctor, they would ask you what you ate. They would check your nails. They would check your, you know, it was a very interesting, different way of looking at things. And perhaps it had an Eastern influence and, right. um, you know, it's, it's in coming to the U S I, I don't know, especially now as a mother, I find that I'm constantly having to fight a system and that almost negates my ability to know my body better than the doctor. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of things here. I'd love to hear your journey of fighting sort of, you know, on an understanding what holistic meant for you and how did you come to understand or did you do it prior to that your thoughts and every part of you was telling you something about your, your body, like where did it all converge to you and how did you begin to connect the dots? Does that make sense? Yes. Well, you know, I, I, you know, inherently I was starting to connect some dots, uh, with these signs that that my you know the the signs of the broken out tongue the nails the um the ibs i mean i knew inherently that something but you know the my my western med doctors and and this is not a slam at all to western med we we need them you know we we need both western med and we need this holistic uh integrative way as well but you know, I, there, there were just no answers there. So inherently, I, I, I knew something still wasn't quite right. So, but I really didn't really start this holistic journey until after my diagnosis. And that, that's really, it's too bad because I really should have started 
you know, before then. I mean, I, uh, one of my good friends started kind of teaching me on more of an orga- organic way of eating and living. And, and so I started to adopt that lifestyle a little bit more. But, you know, my, my intestinal uh, integrity had been compromised so much that it, 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 this, it, it, I was just too far into it you know, put it that way. So you, you mentioned something interesting, uh, January, that I want to go back to. You said, you know, we've lost who woman is, you know, who her, starting with her basic design and her, because her design, her blueprint speaks mm-hmm. a language of truth. And it also speaks a language of who God is. That is theology of the body par excellence right there. It's, Theology, the study of God, of the body, theology of the body, the study of God through our bodies. So he tells us who he is through our bodies, and he tells us who we are through our bodies as well. So woman, woman's body obviously made different than man's body. Woman is made to be receptive. Okay, she receives, she receives the seed and then she, she germinates and she, she nurtures that she, that seed lives within her and everything about her body changes. It becomes this life force that participates in that uh, creative process with God. Her psyche change, her brain changes, everything changes, her breasts change. Um, you know, she, what she eats feeds, feeds the baby, okay? Once she gives birth to that baby, uh, you know, and, the, and then the baby nurses at her breast, she's still, she's still receptive, she's still receiving, okay? The baby's going to her for nourishment, and she's feeding the baby, and then she's giving back. So her basic design is receive, give back, receive, give back. She receives mm-hmm. the seed of life. She bears the seeds of life into the world. She receives the baby at her breast to feed the baby. She gives the baby back with you know nutrition and life and all of that to go into the world. So you know that's who we are. We're made to receive and give back, receive and give back. And so um, I think that's an important point that I want to just pause there for a moment, because one of the biggest challenges that I think as women we face today is breaking down the lie that it's okay for us to take care of ourselves. It's okay for us to invest in ourselves, so that we are able to receive, right? In order to it's that active receptivity. So, so often women are, are hesitant to, to invest in themselves in any way because they feel like I'm, I'm supposed to give. But our, our women today in January, and all three of us have been there by the grace of God, our darkness has led us to where we're at today. It's in that receiving that we're able to give from a place of wholeness. And, and truly, even going back to the soul of the apostolate, from a spiritual sense, we're able to give from our overflow. We truly become a reservoir, not a channel. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Massive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is part of that, uh, that unveiling process. You know, we're, we're part of learning who the, the depth of who woman is, is it's, a, it's like peeling an onion. It's one layer at a time, one layer at a time, you know, um, because the, the depth of who she really is, it's just, it's, it's as deep as an ocean and mm-hmm. it's as beautiful as an ocean. And Yes, we have, to, he wants us to receive. He wants to be receptive to who he really is and who we really are in order that we can give back. Because you, you know, you can't give what you don't have. You can't know what you don't know. Yeah. You know, and, so go ahead. Oh, no, I, um, this is a, um, so I'm going to bring this back to sort of the woman's school a little bit because I think it ties in perfectly and, you know, the call for, you know, I, the woman's school is really to nurture receptivity. And that's a word that's, if, if, you know, if you kind of introduce it, people don't quite understand it. But I, I always say that we have a receptivity crisis, which really leads us to a generosity crisis. And oh, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, and, and, and that's, you know, the, the vision for the woman's school is that we become an overflow, right? That our life becomes a walking, generous light to the world. But where the problem is, I think, <clears throat> Jeannie, is that we, have, we don't have the formation to receive. And to bring that down to really practical, you know, our definition of a strong woman is I can do it all all by myself and that has been the mantra of pride of i don't need anyone and also the division that i think be perhaps it wasn't the beginning of the division between man and woman but in some degree exacerbated it and so i find that women today are going on empty right we see that the burnout becomes a conversation that depression, anxiety, it's, it's a leading cause, leading um, drug is, is anxiety drugs. And it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And one every 60 seconds, a woman dies of an eating disorder. And so we have a, a real crisis right now of women being depleted. So really, you know, when we talk about wholeness in the woman's school, we talk about being complete. And when we talk about being complete, it's actually a woman who has the perception of gratitude because she knows who she is, which really brings us back to understanding our self-image, which then brings us back to the masterpiece. However, you know, um, I find that these truths are so profound but where I find is how do we translate it incarnationally so that women can begin the formation of receptivity? So that, you know, because I feel like when we talk about depression, anxiety, I feel like we're going in circles because we're not really going, we're not really actually hitting who woman is, which is really in, like you said it here, you know, theology, why I didn't know it is that she was born for generosity. I mean, that's who she is. 
But if we don't even understand that as a culture that a woman ought to be a well, then we're kind of, I feel like we're, there's a lot of research out there and women and what to do. And I feel like, but we're not hitting the mark and I can't, you know, I am, I find myself battling a culture that's fighting a war. That's a wrong war. And what I mean by that is, you know, the crisis is that we're, we're not whole. So how can we give? And so how do we give to our families? How do we give to our children? And it's not sustainable. And, you know, when a woman is depleted and she's living in lack, intimacy with our Lord is what suffers. You know, because we can't even pray when we're anxious. And so we're, we're almost robbing the world of sanctity, of saints. But we're kind of like just distracted. I guess that's the best word to describe it, that we're in this rat race of life. And I find that, you know, the call for the woman's school is really to be able to look at the whole woman. That's the whole thing is let's look at the integrated woman that for so many years, I find that my formation has been information, but not necessarily formation. Formation defined being to take shape into the intended design of who God wanted women to be. So we read great truth and great encyclicals. And, you know, I remember sitting through my theology classes and I'm like, that's great, but how do you live that? How do you study your body? How do you have community? How do you communicate to a man? I mean, the practical of almost virtue broken down in a world that's going so fast and has no time to ponder is I think the work that we have as Catholics. Am I making sense? Does this make sense? Oh, perfect 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 sense yes um you know you are you're uncovering a lot of of misconceptions about who woman is about who who man and woman are um and about about the world that we live right now that rat race and i this is so exciting for me because as we get into, you know, who Hildegard is and, uh, you know, her, she, you know, she worked with women, uh, not exclusively, uh, but she worked with a lot of women and trying to form them into who woman was meant to be and teach them about their feminology. And, you know, you have to remember that she was, she was given all this by, by God and her visions and, and uh, listening to what God was telling her who woman was. But in the next, I know that we're running out of time now, but in the next couple of times that we're time that we meet, some of this will really start to unfold and really make sense to you. So a lot of what John Paul II um, teaches in Theology of the Body is a reiteration of what Hildegard mm. started, you know, a, th- a thousand years ago. So it's just, what does it mean to be a human being? You know, what does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a man? And you're so very right. It's because we're living in this aggressive, fast-paced, do-do-do, all the distractions. You know, there's no, that's how Satan 
works. He wants to keep us distracted. He wants us in constant chaos. Uh, you know, and God says, no, enter into the school of silence. Mm. And I will tell you who you are. That's why I said, you know, my isolation turned into my inspiration because I had so many distractions. I had so much chaos. It is not easy to work in a parish. It is busy, busy, busy. And I have a busy family as well. You know, no time to think, basically. And he said, okay, I'm going to pull the reins, slow you down a little bit, get your attention, and we're just going to sit. And there's no coincidence that the words um, silent and listen have the same letters. This? Did you know that? Wow. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Profound. Yes. Silent yeah. and wow. listen. Yeah. I didn't know that. Right. Was my children? <laughs> again, is is the place where we can be in that place of receptivity? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, just think. Of, I mean, Angela, just think of the times that we were down at the Sycamore Tree, which is an amazing, beautiful retreat center in the woods. You know, the heart of the Rockies. It's very. It's one of you know, simplicity and um, it's just, it's an amazing place. You know, you feel like you're walking into paradise and I always hate it when I have to leave because I feel like I'm like, stepping out of paradise, you know, but just, just that complete um, silence and solitude and surrender, you know, that gives me, that's the four S's that the, actually the, the um, founder of that that uh, retreat center, Father O'Corn, he's the one that really took some time with me so many years ago, taught me those four S's of silence, solitude, surrender, servanthood. You have to have those first three or else, you know, that servanthood is, is not complete. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think it's, it's there, Jeannie, in January. It's actually in that silence that we can lean against the father's chest and hear his heartbeat and hear yes. words. And, and that as women is why, um, even in the woman's school, teaching the basic foundational skills of building a routine, building rituals, it creates the rhythm of life that is conducive to silence and listening. Mm -hmm. Even in the midst of fullness, we, we try to get away from the word busyness even, or chaos, but even in the midst of the fullness of life, the rituals actually en enable us when we're washing dishes or sweeping the floor, that's actually that physical activity can free our, our heart and our mental faculties to be listening to the voice of God. And that's so much of what our contemplative religious orders knew. You know, they slept eight hours a day, they gardened, they had their chores, all of that was conducive to making their hearts receptive and listening. Um, and so that's so much of these basic foundational human skills that we're trying to teach in the woman's school that are, are cultivating the, the garden of a woman's heart. You know, we speak about humility, that the word hummus is rich, fertile, dark soil that we're being invited to cultivate in and with our Lord so that he can, can give life to the dreams within us. Um, so Jeannie, I think as we, as we pause here, I'd love for you um, 
just to give us a, maybe in the, in the last couple of minutes, give us a preview for when we pick up in our part two. Um, this has been such a beautiful introduction into St. Hildegard and why she is more relevant now than ever and why the church and the whole the holy spirit has given given her to us i mean the fact that she kind of went silent for hundreds of years and yet the holy spirit in in his wisdom brought her back to the forefront of our minds and hearts by through through uh, pope emeritus benedict to make her not only a canonized saint but a doctor of the church for such a time as this so Jeannie, can you give us a little preview of what we'll step into next time as we really dive into the heart of saint hildegard and her teaching I, yes, I would be happy to. Well, and I think we just, you know, pick up where we left off, and that is uh, living in this distracted, chaotic world, and you know why we need, why we need this message, and particularly, hopefully, we'll have the time to get into her seven most um, effective strategies for a, a holistic life. And one of them, which I will just, you know, give you right now, is it's just a, a little piece of the whole picture for her is this term you've probably heard of, which the New Age movement has uh, hijacked, okay? And it's called forest bathing. I don't know if you've ever heard, heard of that before, but... No. Oh, yeah. I was just in Colorado, and it's, it's all the rage, forest bathing, i.e. Oh, going yeah. Hiking. Forest bathing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What is it? Well, okay. So, you know, this is what she did with, with women. And we're, that's that school of, of silence again, and then getting people into who God really is through his creation. Okay, but this forest bathing thing, it's a new, it's kind of a new age term, which, um, which came from Japan, actually. Um, so it goes to this, this idea that you were talking about January, Japan is and was a, uh, more so um, like 40 years ago, they were a country that was so obsessed with work and productivity mm -hmm. that they were experiencing what they termed um, Kiroshi, okay, K-A-R-O-S-H-I, which means literally death by overwork, mm -hmm. okay? So, um, and it's, it compromises every part of the human, human person. Okay. So the, the solution to that pro problem they found was um, through a lot of research was something called forest bathing, which was something that Hildegard, you know, founded many years ago. And that is walking in the forest meditating in the forest, exercising in the forest, or, or among trees, or in a garden. Um, the benefits, the physical and emotional benefits surpasses, you know, I mean, it just, it puts us in touch with who God is, and it just gives us a strength. It not only improves our, our minds, and, you know, kind of relaxes us, it improves our cardiovascular health, um, decreases our, our blood pressure and, you know, high heart rates, and improves our moods and our self-esteem, mm -hmm. um, decreases stresses and de depression and hostility, increased liveliness. I mean, people in Japan were, they had such a high rate of suicide. And this is what they found 
And this is, goes back to Hildegard. This is what she was trying to tell us way back then. Mm-hmm. Put us into gardens. Put us into creation. Put us into the forest, and God will tell us who he is and who we are. So I think that's a good place to start. A uh, little bit more background, you know, with her next, next time, too, just so that we can really try to get a complete picture of who she is, and then we'll get into some of these other strategies. Beautiful. And Jeannie, just as a teaser for um, our listeners, can you just go ahead and list out the other six um, key strategies just as a a little preview of what we'll be diving into next time? Yes, I will. Let me see. Um, I'm like still like half hour ago trying to drink from that cup of (laughs) reflection. (laughs) I feel like I just... I am so grateful that St. Hildegard found me. And I was just writing in my journal, St. Hildegard found me through Jeannie, Jeannie through Angela. And that becomes a story that I get to tell my children someday. So I think that's- Oh, that's so beautiful. You know- Very, very beautiful. No, thank you. I'm I'm just so, so relieved, so excited. (laughs) You know- Oh, yes, it is. It's- it's exciting. It's liberating. And so the, the forest bathing is actually, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like a sub, subtitle under some others. But the seven most um, effective strategies, approaches for holistic living, first and foremost, you know, faith and spirituality are woven through all of these approaches. You have to have, you know, you have to have that understanding of faith, even whatever level that you're at. It, it, there, it's all interwoven in all of these approaches. So nutrition, which is so big, and we'll spend a lot of time on that. Nutrition next time. Um, these are not. These do not have to be necessarily in like order, but they, these are the seven ones. Nutrition, fasting, and detoxing. Okay. Um, Sleep and, and wake, the balance of life through, and the importance of sleep. So that's number three. Number four, natural beauty inside and out. Okay, we'll focus on some of that. And I think you're going to be surprised and, at some of the things that, that she talks about with the you know, beauty of, of woman and enhancing her beauty and her femininity. Uh, number five, exercise and movement. You know, we were made to move for a lot of different reasons. Um, so number six, this is where like the forest bathing comes in, you know, light and air and, you know, spiritual retreats outside in the wilderness, that um, school of silence. Uh, number seven, the work and relaxation um, and finding balance in, in that seventh day, really big focus on that Sunday. Wow. Wow. The gift, the gift to humanity Sunday. That's what I want to emphasize again, that this is from the heart of the church. This is from St. Hildegard yes. of the church from 1000 years ago the church in and through Hildegard and the Holy Spirit was given this wisdom 
that some of the secular world might be tapping into now, but this comes from the heart of the church and from the heart of God's masterpiece, one of his, his shining doctors. So I just think that's so profound for us to ponder again. Um, so we will pick up the conversation um, uh, with a delving more deeply into St. Hildegard's life and then really starting to unpack these seven, these seven arenas. Well, I, I can't, Angela, this is straight out of the master class. This is the Holy Spirit, Janie. He has been writing this in and through you <laughs> for such I a time. <laughs> I'm listening to this and this is truly, and, and, and part of it I think is, is not, I don't think, I think part of it is, is it's not common sense, but it is. It's, it's understanding just how he, being human. human. It's, we're going back to how to be human. And that's why my husband, Bill, and I have named our uh, uh, little company the New Eden Strategies because it's, it's relearning, as Jeannie has taught us, what did God intend in the beginning? Yeah. And now we're right. in the third millennium, the age of the Holy Spirit, who's the spouse of the Holy Spirit, Our Lady. We're in the age of, of, of women. Right. You know? And the fullness, yeah. of that, that fullness of that truth, the fullness of God's masterpiece being realized yeah right absolutely i feel like it's it's now the next generation where we have to begin the journey again of learning how to be human and woman at the same time and i really you know i often say that in the master class but i find that we're back to that most basic truth and that actually where is is the crisis of the time because we've forgotten to be human and then woman Exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, you know, you're saying it again, both of you, um, we, mankind, man and woman, we have complicated humanity. Yeah. God, I mean, we, he's made us, you know, he's made us very complex, but very simple at the same time. Yes. And we have taken these simple truths and just confounded them you know confused them that, that's the strategy of the evil one that's exactly yeah. what he wants to do he doesn't want us to know who we are and the truth so thank you so much thank you so much for oh no, i'm so excited thank you so much for doing what you're doing it's so important and you know just recognize as as every single time that i have something so important as this i always have a great struggle, a great battle. That's how I actually know something's going to be really good and effective. <laughs> as hard as that is. <laughs> no, I am. Um, I'm convinced. I definitely don't want to get a migraine. So I <laughs> gives you a lot of consolation. And so I am really excited. This is a quick story. We can wrap up. I used to get gray hair in my hair when I was single. And I was convinced it was because of stress and because of just walking away from anything, the things that I thought I was called to. And now that I'm almost a mom of eight, I don't know why my gray hair sort of stops since I've been married from saying yes to our Lord. That's a silly thing, but, but you know, I thought- Oh, that's like, so beautiful and profound. Well, I just said the stress and the anxiety of trying to say no was costing me more not that it was vanity, but I didn't really care about the gray hair. But, but you know, it's just, I think the profound thing that I keep going back to is how integrated we are. And I think, I think, Jeannie, is that you're going to help us as we share this mission and we'll die sharing it. 
just how important Christ's humanity was. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. He, you know, he entered into humanity to show us how to be humans. And, and he spent 30 years teaching us how to be human and only three years in on mission and three hours dying for us. And I think that's right. Um, the, the lion's share, this is my beloved little Catherine, is, is how to be human and how to live in family. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, little Catherine. Oh, yeah, I think she's probably ready so for that. She's able to join us. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I am, you know, I am looking forward to picking this up. I don't know what your schedule is, but I'm at the mercy of your schedule. I will make anything work. I'm just drinking from your cup. So um, we can continue it next Friday um for this nest nest you know um i'd love to just just journey saint hildegard in this beautiful time so thank you yes. so much Jeannie. i'm so grateful and oh, you're so welcome <laughs> let me see i just stopped. thank you for joining us today we would love to hear from you please write us at info at com. we would love to hear your comments and questions and to learn more about our work at the woman's school please visit our website thewomanschool.org finally we encourage you to take the wholeness quiz which you will find on our website thewomanschool.org because as saint edith shine taught us as a woman becomes whole, she becomes a pillar on which others can lean to be made whole. Thank you, ladies. Until next time, let us rise and together rebuild our church.